0: Brand new segment, Blake's <laughs> terrible <laughs> Twitter takes. God,
1: he's going to hate this so the, much. Oh,
0: my God. It's the one thing he has. I what? Thinking, you know what I was thinking about earlier today? Did you see that story? Of that fucking dumbass guy in um, uh, Philadelphia, I think it was, that was eating that rotisserie chicken every day during the playoffs of the MLB. No. He was eating rotisserie chicken every day for 40 days. And, of course, like, because only the city of Philadelphia would find that cool they like this guy like became internet famous and then like dipshits at like barstool sports were like so epic guy eats 40 rotisserie chickens in 40 days and there's videos of him like on twitter literally on an abandoned pier in philadelphia like eating a rotisserie chicken and all these dumbasses in philly like yeah fucking chicken guy and i feel like that's was- perfectly the encapsulates send, what Philadelphia send the is
1: goddamn flood send the flood <laughs> i'm done i don't even give a fuck anymore
0: like i hate these fucking people that do just make a life out of just being dumb annoying people it, which is and the only reason i hate it's cuz i want to be that guy and it's not working out for me <laughs> so I'm yeah, it makes sense this and makes it sense. also it also reminded me of the fact that Aaron Judge's head is like three times the size of Barry Bonds' head, but for some reason they refused to test him for steroids. Which I think they threw him on the
1: fucking front of whatever it was. I don't know what magazine people keep reposting it, but I'm like, this motherfucker has the biggest head I've ever seen.
0: I I have never seen a more clear indication that someone is taking steroids than that guy's head. Like you don't even have this Liver
1: King shit. They're like, yeah, he's no no pds like he's supernatural he's just like it's just gifted <laughs> and you're like what the fuck are you saying
0: he's like that that guy is perfect he's the fucking type of guy that it's so funny. He's like the perfect scam artist. Like he sold like this just eat raw liver to all these like MAGA fucking idiots that were like, <laughs> yeah, it's all about just being natural, <laughs> being one with the earth and the entire time. He was taking fucking
1: steroids. <laughs> <All> right, <this laughs> Holy
0: shit, that's so good. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome or welcome back. Um we're your hosts Blake and Christian. We are missing the girl of the show traceville because he went back to his roots he went back to his trailer in alabama and he does not have internet there so
1: so prepare ch- for totally biased uncut <laughs> we have a liberal <laughs> snowflake to tell us what to do
0: totally biased unleashed good luck trying to cancel these guys <laughs> that's our netflix special (laughs) just us on the cover like with socks over our necks (laughs) the promo
1: is trey shaking his head yeah
0: (laughs) yeah exactly um okay yeah trey tried to steal his roommate's internet didn't work out or his uh neighbor's internet i shit you know it's a real thing that happened he tried to go to his neighbor's house under his neighbor's porch to use his internet that is a real and true thing. I swear to God. I know I joke a lot on this show, but that actually happened and he couldn't get it to work. So what a poor, like he's such a poor, like he can't, Literally. you don't have internet. Yeah. You know, like Trey acts like he has, like, he, my theory is that Trey stole somebody's Spotify wrapped and that he only uses the free version of Pandora. <laughs> he can't afford actually subscribing to spotify
1: yo honestly this is um, like this is what he gets this is just him being reprimanded for fucking pine grove being his number one
0: yeah it finally caught up to him like
1: the internet so are like no I like this kid, kid can't listen <laughs> to
0: music anymore <laughs> his internet service provider is like i can't so, allow this mm, to continue
1: no like super gay. he's out of here <laughs>
0: Okay, today we're reviewing Nevermind from Nirvana, one of the greatest albums of all time, Um, an Apple Music intro. Drummer Dave Grohl once said that that the metaphor that kept coming while Nirvana was recording Nevermind was children's music. Listen and you can hear it. The sing-song melodies, the simple performances, the way it feels direct, but also a little haunted. For however much the band is framed as ambassadors for generational angst, what makes Nevermind special isn't its rage, but its innocence. Of course, they wanted to tear down the culture that came before it. It was often misogynistic and cruel, but in its place, they wanted to build something equitable and new. I'm so horny. That's okay. My will is good. Cobain sings on lithium and it's funny. It's dumb. It's simple. It's wise. And it hits like a bolt of lightning. His will, it is good. Um. So Christian, I was a, uh, huge Nirvana fan when I was young. Um, What about you? Were you into this type of music or was it not something that ever kind of crossed your radar? It wasn't
1: something that initially came up to me. So like from my parents, I think my dad just kind of missed the era a little bit. He was not necessarily missed it, but I don't think it meant as much to him. His brother was like 10 years younger than him and that was his thing. So I kind of grew up with more like Pearl jam and shit like that. And didn't get to dive into Nirvana kind of until probably middle school when my uncle like introduced me to this album and it was just, it fucking blew me away and I became obsessed with it. And it, it was just perfect timing too. Cause it was like, I was in that uh, fucking skater phase where right. the, the angst of everything in my, my difficult life growing up as a child in helena alabama (laughs) yeah it really all came to a head with this album
0: yeah i was um i was kind of the same way i don't know really what initially sparked the interest in nirvana i my parents were not big nirvana fans right like my my parents were born in the 60s my my parents listened to old music and i they definitely got me into listening to pink floyd and led zeppelin and Things of that nature. I don't really know how I stumbled upon um, Nirvana. I think it might have been just friends I was around at the time, but it was the first music that I remember being truly like obsessed with. Like I bought Kurt Cobain autobiography or biographies, and I listened to Nirvana. I listened to Nevermind specifically, just constantly and like you said like i was probably around the end of middle school at that time or early middle school and that's like when all of your angst is like coming out and even if your life isn't hard right in in retrospect like during that time (laughs) everything's the biggest deal ever and it was just kurt's like rage and sadness and also his simplicity in in the music and in that album that kind of hooked me to it but still to this day it's like it's one of my uh, it's my Nirvana fa- Nirvana's my favorite band of all time. It's one of my favorite albums of all time. Um and I even remember one of the first times I ever saw Bass Nectar, he played an in bloom remix, that in bloom remix he used to play. And I remember thinking like, yeah, I've found kind of my niche. Um because he was very much a grunge I considered him like a grunge version of electronic music, you know? Um so yeah, that's that's kinda where I was. I've I've always been a huge fan. Um Go ahead.
1: Yeah, I was just like, I mean, it's funny because I'm pretty sure I wore the same, like through middle school, Nirvana shirt with an independent hoodie over yeah. it every single day for a year. I had a shaved head <laughs> yes. type in the backyard and we had this like shitty fucking boom box that we dropped the fucking, we dropped Nevermind on the CD and would just literally ride the half pipe for hours. And the amount of angst that came out of those sessions is just fucking insane. I mean, yeah. the representation of that he had for as large of a group of people for a long of a time in a short of a time, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, is it's still is baffling to me. Anytime I see movements like that within music that are so representative uh, of that time, and in that age group it's just it it's hard to comprehend
0: yeah it really i mean you're right it's like i don't think people fully realize now like especially if you don't listen to this music if it hasn't been something you followed like the just the size of nirvana and that grunge movement right it was very much a It was a statement of like, look, this is the end of what you thought rock music was. And this is what rock music is now, right? You can't fight this anymore. We're here. And like his voice in particular, Nirvana in particular, not to say there weren't other grunge bands and other heavy metal type bands, but like this really took that type of music to the forefront. And it kind of gave a voice to a generation of kids that were in high school in the 90s, right? The Gen X generation that kind of felt like... That generation is kind of this weird in-between generation, right? They didn't have the glamours of the baby boomer generation and they're not millennials. They're kind of stuck in this weird in-between phase. And Nirvana just perfectly like encapsulates that. And it would have been... I, I wish... like. I guess my age groups that I deal with, it's like us and then my parents' age. So I've never really talked to somebody about that influence they had when they were teenagers. I'd I'd love to talk to somebody about it just to kind of relive what it was like. But I remember, um, you know, CNN does those, um, 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s things on Netflix, like in each episode focuses on a different thing. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. 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 And they have one on music and they talk about Nirvana and, she says this lady says that the smells like teen spirit video was the kennedy assassination of music it was like when it aired for the first time everybody you can go ask anybody in that generation they all know exactly where they were when they saw it and when they heard it for the first time because it was like them realizing this is going to be like a monumental moment in music which i just think is fucking insane
1: and just in culture and life in general like you're talking about them kind of being that weird a little bit like in between type of generation. And if I don't know, like going back, looking at those documentaries around Nirvana and this time, it was almost like this pressure had just started to build kind of out of nowhere. It's like, there wasn't really anything to that. It was, they were being angry about, but it was just this like angst and anger that has just been building up. And I feel like Nirvana is this band that comes along and fucking pops the top on it.
0: Yeah, no, that's exactly. That's per, I mean, just like not only in what was going on in America at the time and in, in international politics at the time, but in, in music too, right? They had had these shitty eighties hairbands for 10 years, right? And that, that <laughs> yeah. music, I mean, go back and listen to it. It's all the same fucking shit and it, it gets old, right? Like you need a change. This happens every 10 years in music and they were just. The forefront of that change. Um, I I pulled up the the Wikipedia article on Nevermind, and in one of the paragraphs they say Nevermind and its singles success pro- propelled Nirvana to being widely regarded as the biggest band in the world. The co with Cobain being dubbed by critics as the voice of a generation. The album brought grunge and alternative rock to a mainstream audience while ending the dominance of hair metal, drawing similarities to early 1960s British and British invasion of American popular music. It is also often credited with initiating a resurgence of interest in punk culture among teenagers and young adults of generation X. It sold over 30 million copies worldwide, making it one of the best-selling albums of all time. In March 1999, it was certified diamond by the RIAA. Among the most acclaimed and influential, influential albums in history, it was added to the National Recording Registry in 2004 as quote culturally, historically and aesthetically important and is frequently ranked on the list of the greatest albums of all time. Um, so with that being said, I think it's a perfect segue. Let's let's talk about the album um, and how we feel about it. Let's go, let's do least favorite songs first, because I feel like I'm going to have more to say about favorite songs. So what are your, what are your no-goes on, on this one?
1: Um, and this, yeah, this isn't in any order. They were just ones that, a, were just, I think, a little bit much to me and took away, I think, from the overall feel of the album, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but I had ter- Territorial Pissings, Endless, Nameless, and Stay Away.
0: Okay. That's fair. We probably... Um, do we I think we definitely align on um, the reasoning for... Endless and Nameless. Um, Endless and Nameless is also one of my bottom tracks. The, the beginning of it is just so fucking jarring, it's, dude. Yeah, it's it's, so, I was just like... Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Even like for it's me... Getting,
1: it's like someone's coming down my throat. I was like, alright, this has got to go.
0: <laughs> it's like someone's coming down your throat while you're getting like shocked <laughs> in an electrical chair. Like, it's so much... <laughs> Uh, It's so much, um, but what makes it even more jarring is it goes from something in the way, which is like this beautiful, like serenading, peaceful song, and then it just fucks you with endless, nameless, right after.
1: Balls (laughs) on the chin. I was like, right, this is gonna Uh,
0: end um, immediately." So, endless nameless is one of my bottoms. Um drain you and then this is tough because i want to put territorial pissings too although in the in the right mood i i really do like territorial pissings i have a playlist i may have sent you guys it's called heavy shit and it's just like fucking bangers from like metallica iron maiden limp biscuit rage against the machine and like territorial pissings is on there cuz it's like the perfect song for that playlist so if I'm in the right mood for it, I do like that song. But yeah, it's um heavy grunge is it's an acquired taste, man. It's pretty Extremely. fucking aggressive. It's yeah, yeah. Fucking aggressive. Um, but yeah, so those are those are just tracks that I don't know. I again, I don't. The only one I'd consider a bad song is Endless Nameless. I just don't really enjoy it, but I don't think the other ones are bad songs. I think I just have to be like in a mood to listen to them because they're so intense. Yeah, okay, exactly. Let's talk about uh let's talk about favorites. I will mention real quick, Smells Like Teen Spirit has 1.5 billion streams on Spotify. Is that fucking just insane?
1: Insane. That's <laughs> that is fucking crazy. That's
0: so fucking crazy. Um, anyway
1: alert, it's not in my top three
0: <laughs> okay go ahead what do you got
1: um so before i drop into this i just have to say going into the and it's like songs I always listen through individually and stuff but the amount of songs on this album that are probably in the top 25 of most recognizable songs ever is insane
0: oh yeah a hundred percent it's fucking wild especially like the first half of the album is really where all those tracks are
1: yeah and i was just go and i was like oh my god it just blew me away because you you know you'll have a song on an album where it's like one of the most recognizable but to have like multiple in the first fucking half front half you're just like what the fuck
0: right instantly recognizable like world-renowned songs it's fucking crazy yeah
1: Um, this was fucking hard, so there's just a lot of leeway with these, but I think ones that just kind of mean the most to me, Bloom is number one, and then two, I have Lithium. It gets real washy for me at the end of how to pick a third, but I went with Polly just because those are the three songs that I think, no matter... Setting time of day, what I'm going through, like, all, will always resonate with me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's interesting you bring up Polly. Um, I learned this forever ago and I think about it all the time. But Polly, apparently, Kurt wrote it after he read a story about a girl that had been kidnapped and returned home. And you can hear it if you go listen to the song. That's what it's about. It's about, like, the kidnapper. Like, Polly wants Jesus. a cracker. I think I should get off her first. Stuff like that. <sighs> um yeah so every time i hear that song i now that you know that when you go back and listen to it you're gonna be like oh yeah this makes a lot more sense but it is really good i mean it's it's like one of the only acoustic songs in the album right it's just it's yeah it's good and i like when he has those songs where it's just him and his guitar and he can kind of he's not doing that intense singing that he does because it's not that he has a great voice but his voice just really shines in certain aspects. Like you hear it in the, um, the unplugged album, right? The unplugged album is like, critically acclaimed too. And when he sings songs like man who sold the world, then where did you sleep last night? His voice just really fucking shines in those songs. Yeah. Um, okay. So for me, come as you are is probably number one for me. Um, Amazing song. I, I just... I love the message in it. And I also just... I love the melody of it. It's great. And the unplugged version is even better. Um, two is probably In Bloom. In Bloom is, is just... It's like catchy and kind of like poppy in a weird grunge way. Like it's something you want to dance to. Yeah. Um, it was about their manager. They wrote about their manager. Um, how... Basically, it was somebody you can hear it in the lyrics, right? Knows all of our favorite songs, and he loves to sing along, but he doesn't know what it means, yeah, um, which yeah. I think is really funny. um And then this, like you said, number three gets really hard because there are some songs, especially towards the end, like something in the way is. It's like a top Nirvana song for me, but the album is so good, it's hard to put it on here. Something in a way is, is fucking awesome. Um, so my third is between that and On a Plane. I really like On a Plane. Um, so I fucking like something in the way
1: it's amazing. But now, and you know what I'm about to say, the only yes, fucking thing I hear
0: is, is Batman. fucking Batman?
1: All I see is Robert Pattinson.
0: <laughs> yes, just stoically like. I need to say Walking through an alleyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, what's really funny is <clears throat> all of my friends know that I'm a really big Nirvana fan. And I had literally two people text me after the movie and be like, yo, you're not going to believe what they opened this movie up with. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was really funny but and yeah i mean i got an honorable mention you got to throw on smells like teen spirit the video is fucking yeah. awesome the song fucking bangs yeah. like you can't can't uh throw shade on smells like teen spirit it's the one like no. a lot of bands have these popular songs where like if you're a big fan of them when people play the popular popular song you're like can you fucking pick a different song but like if somebody plays smells like teen spirit i'm like yeah let's ride <laughs> i yeah, can do this exactly. right now it's
1: you can't ever beat that fucking song i just can't, it was one of those ones that's like because of what it is i couldn't put it in my top 3
0: yeah um there is a um there's a album it's like not an album that it, it they considered a compilation album i think they they released it under a compilation album but there's an album called insecticide um by nirvana and it's essentially b-sides for nevermind because it was it was songs recorded between bleach and nevermind um if you haven't listened to it you should go listen to it. i mean obviously it's like b-sides and demos and outtakes and shit so like a lot of them aren't finished flushed out songs they're not very good but there's a lot of good shit on there and one of the songs is aneurysm it's my favorite nirvana song um it it was it should have been on Nevermind. I think it would have been the probably the top song on this album. But um, if you haven't listened to it, if people listening to this haven't listened to it, they should go listen to Insecticide because it is there's some there's some gems on there.
1: And you answered the question I was going to ask if you had an overall favorite song. So that's what's up.
0: Yeah, um, which I guess is kind of a cop out, but it's it's a really good fucking song.
1: I think mine is Oh Me is my favorite all time. Really. Yeah, there's just something about like his voice, especially in that unplugged version, that like gets me every time.
0: Yeah, Heartshaped Box is another one for me. Um, Heartshaped Box is really fucking good. It's it's like the perfect blend of like slow Kurt and then this just aggressive when he gets to the chorus. The hey, (laughs) why? And it just fucking slams, dude. I love that song. so Um, So. Some of the um mainstream reviews. So Rolling Stone, I, so we found this out when we looked at Ilmatic and Ready to Die. Um but I guess these early these early albums, they don't have um like a number on them. They don't have like out of five stars. Um uh, but they wrote this in ninety one in the opening paragraph is despite the hand wringing uh the fanzies do each time an indie rock hero signs a major label deal, righteous Post-punk stars from Husker Du to Soundgarden have joined the corporate world with debasing their music. More often than not, ambitious left-of-the-dial bands gallantly cling to their principles as they plunge into the depths of commercial failure. Integrity is a heavy burden for those trying to scale the charts. Led by singer-guitarist Kurt Cobain Nirvana is the latest underground bonus baby to test mainstream tolerance for alternative music. Given the small corner of public taste that non-metal guitar rock now commands, the Washington State's trio version of the truth is probably as credible as anyone's. A dynamic mix of sizzling power chords, manic energy, and sonic restraint. Nirvana erects sturdy melodic structures, sing-along hard rock as defined by groups like The Replacements, Pixies, and Sonic Youth. But then attacks them. But then attacks them with frenzied screaming and guitar havoc. Um, I. I thought it was cool. The, the start of the article sounds kind of like they're basically taking a shot at Nirvana and they may be, I mean, if you read throughout the whole thing, but it was interesting for them to bring up like the replacements and Pixies and Sonic youth. And I just wanted to see kind of where you thought Nirvana landed in the, the group of what you would consider alternative or grunge rock music, right? Like, or even in heavy rock music, like, where would you put them in bands like Metallica and the Pixies and Audio Slave? Are they the pinnacle to you or is are they kind of lacking something that you want from a band like this?
1: I mean, in my opinion, I think they are the pinnacle just because of what they represented musically and culturally for that generation of the time. I mean, I think that speaks for itself, no matter what you ask me or anybody else. I think that's all that you really have to see is the influence that 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 nirvana had especially this album on that time bringing this type of music kind of to the forefront kind of taking a piss on the fucking hair rock bullshit and it not being pretty and it not being that and it's like it's literally filled with emotion and that's the difference is i think because they represented so much more from a generational standpoint that it is the pinnacle to me
0: yeah no i completely agree and i i I think like you said culturally whenever you think of a band whenever you put together a list of bands the greatest bands of all time right you have to consider what they what they did for music as a whole what they did culturally like that that has to be an aspect of it right you can't just look at how their music sounds and I think Nirvana along with people like Led Zeppelin they pushed music and culture in a direction that without them probably would never have gone in that direction I mean maybe down the road it could have but you see Nirvana influence in uh, Rage Against the Machine and Audio Slave and uh, Radiohead, and their their influence has affected so many bands down the line. But also to me, it's just music that I love to listen to. I love Kurt's voice. I love the the way it's composed, and the only band that comes close to it. To me, in this sort of genre, is Audio Slave, which we we talked about in the Audio Slave album, right? They're the only ones that are close to me, but really, it's not it's not the same k- kind of music. It's it's a little different, in its own yeah, aspect. It's,
1: yeah, it feels really different, especially after like doing that entire review. And I think I don't know that just kind of made me think about. You could, in my opinion, I think for some some of those still really top bands like Audio Slave, for example, you can put on. And there are going to be people who, you know, kind of love it or kind of hate it. And it is what it is. But I I think with the majority of Nirvana songs, the type of emotion that it would evoke from any person is what makes them stand alone.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Um Pitchfork gave it a 10. Um One of the few times I'll agree with Pitchfork headline being. 20 years on, the album that changed the course of popular music is reissued in two deluxe versions. The enduring brilliance of the original is at this point beyond dispute, but the value of demos, altern- alternate mixes, and live cuts included on two new sets is debatable. Despite its tremendous influence on mainstream rock that followed, it's hard to think of another album that sounds much like Nirvana's Nevermind, a record with so much more pop and punk punch than any music it inspired. Of course, no diamond-certified canonically Treasure hitting the two decade mark can be left well enough alone in 2011, especially one that changed the lives of a lot of people now approaching middle age with the discretionary income to prove it. So they're, they're calling the album a 10, but they're kind of taking shots at the fact that they've re-released the album so many times. What do you have an opinion on that? Like artists like, these older artists releasing deluxe and super deluxe and remastered deluxe and b-sides and shit like like it seems like all these older artists and a lot of them being dead so really record labels are putting out this stuff i think on one hand you can make the argument it's cool that they they do that so you can hear stuff that you may not have heard before but on the other hand you can look at it as like they're clearly trying to milk money out of these people that are fucking dead right
1: yeah and it's like obviously when it's uh you know, main band member, whatever it is, that's deceased or, you know, it's this record label that's doing it. You're like, okay, you're giving you're getting obviously getting this money grab here and it seems like it happens at <laughs> this these weird intervals where it's like all right money's starting to slow up let's throw up a triple deluxe version of never you're like what, the <laughs> yeah. fuck like what happened bro what happened to cause this did drake put out another album is pine grove are you signing pine grove yeah did pine grove not work <laughs> out the
0: way you thought it would <laughs> you know wait real quick before you continue you know it's funny trey's not, gonna, trey's not gonna hear this joke because he's not on this episode so he's not gonna listen to it because he only listens to his own voice
1: he's not gonna be able to get off this week because that's usually how he does it he just plays this back and fucking jerks off so he's just literally just sitting at his lake house like sending himself voice memos
0: and even if he even if he wanted to listen to the episode his internet probably his neighbor's internet probably wouldn't let him uh stream it it would be strong
1: 100% would not jesus christ but i will say for it's like one of those things like fucking if you if you like it listen to it if you don't like th- then don't like the album and its original version is fucking beautiful people are going to continue to do this so it's like I, I i get where they're coming from but what the fuck are you gonna do complain yeah. at these record labels so
0: yeah while well, they sit and count their money they're like hey yeah. they're like look another another 43 year old bought another version and never mind what a fucking <laughs> idiot <laughs> <laughs> yeah i agree i mean i love hearing like outtakes and b-sides and shit like even if it's not fully you know flushed out songs and ideas i still think it's cool to kind of hear where they may have tried to go and um yeah i mean you you can say the same thing about circles with mac right like it wasn't a finished album but look how it turned out so i, I think it's cool yeah um So on the list of top 500 greatest albums of all time by Rolling Stone, they have it at number six, which I think is fair. Um, I don't have the full list, so I can't see what is number five through one. Oh, wait, here we go. Okay, so um, they have it above Rumors by Fleetwood Mac at number seven, and then Purple Rain, um, Prince is number eight. And then underneath it, The Beatles, Abbey Road, um number four stevie wonder songs in the key of life number three Joni mitchell blue number two the beach boys pet sounds and number one marvin Gaye, what's going on um uh, i think stacked against those albums it's pretty fucking insane that this is number six like yeah. with the with the people that they, that they threw in five through one like the fact that Nirvana is right above that is is fucking crazy and i think it's a I think it's an accurate rating. I don't know where exactly I put it. It's a top 10 album of all time easily. Um, but yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was really interesting that they, they have it at number six. Um, okay. Yeah. Anyway, with that being said, what do you, uh, what do you want to give a, you want to give a final ranking of uh, what you think it is? I'm
1: going to go 9.5.
0: Okay. That's very fair.
1: It's really, I don't know if there's ever going to be a time on this podcast where I'm giving something a 10 just because like I don't know if anything is ever supposed to be ranked perfect. Like in my head, I have a really hard time doing that. Right. But this is about as fucking close as I can get.
0: Yeah, I think I can count on one hand the, the amount of albums i would give a 10 i don't even think i can't remember if i gave ready to die a 10 i think i might have given it a nine and a half because it's pretty close but we talked about those skits of biggie having sex on the album kind of taking me out of it um <laughs> but yeah i can definitely i mean i know albums off the top of my head that i'm not going to say because i'll save them for when we actually review them but um there are a few but yeah it's, it's hard so i'll give it a nine and a half too i mean it's to me, it's probably my third favorite album of all time. Um, it's my favorite band of all time, and there's not much to complain about on this album, right? Like, yeah. apart from "Endless Nameless," there's just not much. I don't, I don't have a positive thing to say about in one context or another. So, I think, I think nine and a half is a a good place to set it at. Okay. Um, So yeah, that was, that was nevermind. Um, we hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, definitely a album we are excited to do. I do wish Trey was here because it would have been interesting to hear his, his takes on it. Um, but that's what he gets for living in bumfuck Alabama. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. There's not much we can do about that on our end. (laughs) So
1: literally nothing. Yep.
0: Um, so let's go into rides or dies. Um, should we do? Should we include trays, or should we just act like he's not fucking here?
1: Oh, we're including trays.
0: Okay, <laughs> I knew you were going to say that.
1: For our listeners out there, if uh, if you don't follow us on social media, um, which you fucking should, either through the pod, uh, Instagram, totally biased, or through us just individually, Trey... Made the mistake of letting us know that Pine Grove was his number one on his Spotify Wrapped, which Blake and I have continued to rake him over the coals for. And I will say, until today, I had not listened to a single fucking Pine Grove song.
0: <laughs> That's but what I knew it so much better. That's yeah. what I was like, this is
1: <laughs> fucking got to be gay. So in Grand Trey fashion, he decides to send. His rider dies this week. And what is it?
0: It is the none alarmist. other than it the, is the, what is it? The alarmist by Pine Grove. The
1: alarmist by Pine Grove. And now, and only now, can I say with full confidence that it is the goddamn worst shit I've ever heard in my whole fucking <laughs> life. It's fucking whiny. Their vocals fucking suck. I can't even tell what genre of music it is. And I hate everything about it. This dies so fucking hard.
0: I gotta be honest. I have to agree with Christian here. This might die harder than that one Christian song that he sent that I railed against religiously. This might be the worst one we've had on this segment. Like kind of like kind of by a wide margin too. It's not like close. It's like I Christian and I were texting earlier about how bad this song was, and I the only way I could describe it was like If Kurt had stayed alive, Kurt Cobain had stayed alive, God rest his soul, and he had faded into irrelevance, and then in his mid-40s he tried to come back with a new sound, that's what this Pine Grove song sounds like. It's just whiny, like jam band music. It's like Blink-182 trying to be a jam band. It's just there's no shortage of analogies I can come up with about how just bad this song is. I, I, and I'm a jam band guy. I like, I retired from the electronic scene. I'm a jam band guy. I get it. But this just Trey. This isn't it, man. I don't know. It fucking dies. This is not it. All I have to say. Uh, Christian's shaking his head. I wish you could see him. He looks so disappointed. That's right. It doesn't
1: it it make sense. Like, and the funny thing is his confidence when he sent it to us, it was, I think y'all like this one.
0: Yeah. He like, did are say you R
1: worded? How R worded are you? And yeah. I hope you know that I respect you enough, Trey, that I'm not going to say the R word, but yeah. I hope you know that that's exactly what I think you are is R worded. <laughs>
0: okay so um my song was thank god it's friday by k flay with tom morello um on guitar um k flay is k flay an interesting artist she's got some good songs i don't really know what her genre to be I i guess it's kind of like pop music i don't know she's not like super popular she's got some really good songs some i you know i can give her take um but i really like this song she has another one on this little project um four letter words that i really like but um tom morello gets real scratchy and weird with it like midway through the song so i really liked it i don't know christian what did you think i didn't think it would be y'all's type of song but i wanted to send it anyway to see kind of how you felt about it go ahead i hate,
1: do it. It. hate <laughs> it i hate it so much bro it literally it sounds like a shitty girls version of like matt schultz from cage the elephant
0: what no fucking <laughs> way dude Whoa.
1: yes yes anybody paint t- the the link will be tracked it'll be tracked on there like you gotta fucking listen to this it literally sounds like a female <laughs> shitty version of matt schultz like 100 which okay. i know you the elephant. This makes sense, except yeah. this is fucking horrible. This dies, bitch.
0: Okay. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you... <laughs> in your mind, that would make sense for me. I don't see it, but I see why you think it would make sense for me. But <laughs> you're fucking wrong. And you know what? Through that comment, I'm changing my <laughs> opinion on your song. <laughs> oh, no! No, you can't do this. It's gotta be fair. <laughs> okay, what's your song?
1: Mine's In the Cup V2. It's fucking Kendrick, Roddy Rich, Drake, and... I don't know how the – I actually think nine times out of ten, my fucking Spotify Discover Weekly (laughs) sucks. It's shit, but I listen to it religiously every week just in the off chance, just to give it a shot. Something right, and this was on it. And the second that beat hit, I was like, bro, windows down, cool breeze, like palm trees around me, fucking drinking a 40. It felt great. (laughs)
0: yeah i will say as much as you stabbed me in the heart back there a few <laughs> seconds ago this song definitely rides this shit rides real fucking hard it's a it's a vibe man it's a great yeah. song i don't know who is the artist that it's credited under i don't, I don't who is that person
1: i can't even pronounce like Naiten Rendawa. i have no idea
0: is it like a mashup thing or like i don't because I don't understand how I've never heard this song before, like, with these artists featured on it. Like, oh, they're the producer. So, I don't know, man. I don't know how this slipped under my radar, but it's a really fucking sick song.
1: Yeah. Let's see. Unofficial makes unofficial remixes of rap uh, tracks, in which he extends okay. the songs by features more and features more rappers. Sometimes hear moves, original artist. Blah, blah I gotta look this, I gotta check this out now. Cause I was like, this is so fucking hard. Yeah. Even Jay I put it on like an Instagram story and just like put the song over it. And even Jalen was like, he hit me up and he was like, Yo, this fucking song rides so hard.
0: Yeah, it's and and like so
1: shout out my boy Jalen. Yeah.
0: Here's the thing getting uh getting a compliment musically from Jalen you guys don't know this as much as I do, but it, it feels so good because he's so particular and picky about what he listens to and what he likes. And I always have a running joke that Jalen and I agree on nothing musically, like <laughs> literally nothing. I will send him shit I am so hyped about and he'll be like, meh, like that's uh, such a Jalen response. he will be like, it was all right. I'm like, all it's right, okay. man. If I listened to it eight times today, but word, yeah, you're right. It's, it's okay, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I agree with you.
1: I'm going to fucking kill myself, Stack yeah. my ears <laughs> so I can never hear music again.
0: Literally. <laughs> um, okay, that was Rides or Dies. I'm not going to link Trey's songs. I don't want to put you all through that, but um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I will. <laughs> um, I will link the songs down below in the description. So, with that being said, um, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for a brand new segment blake's (laughs) terrible twitter takes
1: god he's gonna hate this so much oh
0: my god it's the one thing he has and we're stealing it out from under him
1: they already have a theory too that he sent because it's not him doing it i I think he sent less tweets for us to do.
0: Yeah, he did. And he There's probably only three. sent
1: the worst ones. He probably yeah. sent the worst ones.
0: He probably had six, and these were like his backup ones. These are the ones where he asked us. He's like, "I have a few more. If you want me to keep going, those are the <laughs> ones that he sent. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> those are the ones he sent us. <laughs> okay. Um. So first one comes from Twink Bussy Chase Arrow uh at name Chase Kilstrom. He says, they say, uh, I don't know. They say, rave veterans, what is one piece of advice you'd like to share with newbie ravers? Mine is, always carry Play-Doh. Start assembling your Squishmallow army now so you can make candy squishes. Biggest tip, challenge strangers to weird dance battles. Tell people to have a good festival and goddamn it, make that funny face. Very inspiring from Twink Bussy Chase land um so there's some tips for you future ravers christian how do you feel um about those tips was is that, is that something you would do at a rave festival would you tell um people to have a good time and would you make a funny face or do you think that's not very important
1: I I like hate every single one of these (laughs) so much, and it makes me hate like the electronic culture so much
0: fucking more than I already do. It's pretty bad because the electronic culture is filled with people like this. Like, first off, we don't need your tips, man. Also, I don't want to carry Play Doh with me. I'm 28, so thanks, though. All right, I'm 27. Sorry, I forgot my age for a second. Okay. Next tweet is from Tommy Bayer at Tommy Bayer time. <laughs> percocet would be a beautiful name for a girl. <laughs> <laughs> Which um, I tend to agree with him. I think it would be a beautiful name for a girl.
1: Yeah. It says Italian girl <laughs> named Molly Percocet. <laughs> Fucking. That's pretty great. I'm Molly Percocet.
0: Uh. <laughs> I'm out of the percocet. Hey. <laughs> I'm walking here to my drug dealer to get some <laughs> Per Pronounced <laughs>
1: <laughs> Pronounce Per Cassetti
0: <laughs> <laughs> Okay. This one is from Will Sennett uh at Sentence Bud. Me, tell me why this Honda commercial is making me emotional. My dad's internal monologue. You <laughs> should have died in that fire. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, I didn't finish it. My dad's internal monologue. You should have died in that fire. You should have died in that fire. You should have died
1: in that fire. <laughs> I feel like Trey has a thing for for the repetition tweets too. Because last he week does. we had the, the fog is coming. The fog, the fog is, is coming. Going. The fog is coming. <laughs> That's this one great. is
0: so good because sometimes I'll say shit like that around my dad, and I can just see in his face, <laughs> like in his mind, he's like, "God, just why?" because I cannot <laughs> believe you're my offspring. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I sent one, and this is from Mary Twigsmith at Not Pixie tit I'm employed at Starbucks, and we live in hell. The word Xmas is banned and we're only allowed to say happy holidays. My coworker asked a child what Santa would bring her and a manager overheard. They took him out and shot him in the head. They shot him in the fucking head. (laughs)
1: This is the world you liberals want.
0: This is what Brandon wanted. Look what you've fucking done by letting Kamala into the White House. How fucking <laughs> dare you people. Wait until I send this to Diet Coke and they plan the second insurrection. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be fucking uh, furious. Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay, uh. well... um, This is a little short, but, I mean, hey, it's two of us. And you know what? I think it was a fucking damn good episode. I'll tell you that much. I laughed my fucking ass off, which is exactly (laughs) what I wanted. (laughs) So thanks, Christian, for uh, carrying this episode. I will say, look, man, I'm not trying to throw shade at anybody, but, like, if there ever came a dispute, like about money and like distribution and stuff, and like one other guy decided to leave the podcast, I feel like we could hold it down on our own. Not saying I want that to happen. Let me be clear. I'm just saying, yeah. with this dry run, I feel like we did a pretty good fucking job. So thank yeah. you for doing we in.
1: internally dialoguing <laughs> that uh, we wish Trey died in that fire. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay everybody thanks uh, for tuning in follow the <laughs> podcast if you haven't um we have stickers now we're gonna put them out in some places if you see us in colorado and you want one um hit yeah. us up and we'll get you one but uh, we will see you same time next week uh, we may have a guest on i'm gonna talk to you guys about that um but other than that we'll see you guys on thursday thanks for sticking around as you were As I